We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity, a podcast celebrating generosity at work. Not financial giving, giving valuable time, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Today's guest is Peabody and multi-award-winning executive producer, entrepreneur, and educator, Margaret. She goes by Peggy Kim. She's the founder and president of iStandTV, a content studio and creative incubator for young people ages 18 to 34 who believe in the power of media and want to use that power for good. Peggy is also the founder and CEO of Future Now Media Foundation and the Future Now Media and Entertainment Conference. The first of its kind, the conference provides college students unprecedented access and opportunity to connect with, lead from, and be mentored by today's top industry leaders and professionals. Previously, Peggy was VP of Programming and Production at Alloy Media and Marketing and Director of Programming and Executive Producer at the History Channel where she developed and oversaw 300 plus hours of award-winning documentaries and nonfiction programming, including hit series like Digging for the Truth. Her instinct and passion for storytelling were honed by her prior roles at MSNBC, Court TV, CBS New Productions, NBC Sports, NBC Olympic Unit, ABC Sports, APTV, and ABC News. She has a master's in international affairs from Columbia University and bachelor's degree in political science at Williams College. Peggy currently resides in Brooklyn, New York, and she serves on the board of trustees at Asbury University and Operation Mobilization USA. Welcome, Peggy. Hey, Shannon, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Good, excited to be here. I'm so glad that you're here too. And I so appreciate that the work you do and how you affect people and can't wait to hear your thoughts on this topic. So what would you say are some of the practices and ways of celebrating generosity at work? Well, I can tell you when I have felt generosity at work or throughout my career, you know, when when you're in meetings and you've worked so hard to accomplish something and the fact that somebody would take the time, whether it's your peer or your boss or your supervisor to acknowledge uh, not only you directly, but also acknowledge that in the wider group, that's very, very meaningful. I think that means so much to me. That means so much to those who experience that. And that's one of the most um, wonderful beautiful, uh, multiplying effect that you can have on your office culture um, and workplace culture and um, encourage, you know, the morale of those um, that are, that you're working with. Yes, absolutely. And what are like the simple ways that you have seen that happen? Because it sounds like something that people could offer others every day. Absolutely. And not enough people do it. Because generosity has to be a mindset. And it's not just a mindset, it's a heart set. Yes. So you can't you can't be genuinely generous if you have an agenda. Mm. 
behind it. And so if somebody has an agenda behind every action that they do, people know when it's um, self-serving or if, if there's something else going on behind it. Mm-hmm. When there's fear, um, a sincerity uh, with which you um, conduct yourself and how you communicate with others and how you relate to others, people feel that. And I think most people appreciate that. And so for me, when we, you know, I think the fact that you're doing this work around generosity and um, and what that means and what that looks like and what that can look like, because that is a focus that we should be really having in terms of leadership, teamwork, and in terms of innovation, you're being generous with uh, your time, you're being generous with your thinking, you're being generous with your sharing your perspective, mm-hmm. you're being generous with your listening skills. <laughs> yes, so, uh, totally. Many, many different ways to be generous. Um, you're being generous with your resources, with your financial resources, with your time, uh, with your energy, things that we can contribute to serve others. So thinking about leaders specifically, one of the things you just said was to acknowledge people, to make them feel heard and seen and that they belong and really um, acknowledge people. Are there other things that you've seen leaders do that you would describe as effective strategies or just ways in which a leader has demonstrated that level of connection with others? I think you just said a very important word, which is belonging. And when someone is generous to someone else, you are you are feeding that person. And when you're feeding that person, um, they on the on the flip side feel like they are cared for, that they belong, that they are being given attention. And so, that's a that's a very powerful concept that I don't think people really understand. You feel like you are being heard when you you are being seen, when your work is being acknowledged, when you're being given feedback. Because you know it's not just positive feedback, but you're giving constructive feedback, and you're doing it hopefully in a way that is kind. Yes, it's being communicated effectively. That's generosity too because it's not just giving the good stuff it's not just giving the treats and the candy and the and the sweet stuff but you're also being generous in being in your honesty giving uh, feedback for for that person's edification for the edification of you know the the group or the team or the company or the organization that you are um, leading or being a part of And I think that then creates, like when you talked about teamwork, that can be enabled because each of the individuals belong. They feel like they can contribute their individual strengths and talent and insights and perspectives on things. And that helps the team to have that well-rounded perspective that they would be lacking if they wanted everybody to be a replica of all the other people on the team versus being the version of themselves that they are. Yeah, and you spoke about innovation. And I think a lot of the work that you have done is a great example of innovation. Like I Stand TV, you created because you saw a need. And the same with the Future Now conference. So I would love for you to share a little bit about how you identified 
a gap or a need in the industry and the, the way in which you approached it to help solve that need? I think when we use the word innovation, immediately people go to like technology, techno- technological innovation. Um, what I'm trying to do is solve problems in an innovative way. How do we build bridges where there, there is a gap? You know, how do we get from here to there? And what, is, what are some of, the, some of the steps that we need to take? So when we talk about, for example, um, you know, with Future Now, it's the Future Now Media Foundation. We're dedicated to building future leaders coming into the media and entertainment industry and providing uh, students. We're working really with college, college and graduate students and recent graduates and helping them to connect to the industry, learn and hear from people who work in the industry and start building relationships while they're still in school so that by the time they're ready for their internships or to graduate and get jobs, they have somebody to connect with. Now, the problem in the industry is that the way that recruiting uh, should happen and the way that it actually happens, um, there's a bit of a disconnect. And we've all heard, oh, well, we need more diversity in the media industry. We need more diversity in front of the camera. We need more, you know, uh, representation, et cetera. And then, you know, we, we, we saw over the years different, you know, campaigns, Oscar so white and, and, and so on and so forth. Well, how are we, how are we actually solving the problem? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have conferences and we have events and people, companies support and, you know, throw money at these things. But the actual work is not just throwing an event, it's actually building the relationships and our companies building those pipelines or tapping into pipelines that are being built by others to really access uh, diversity of talent, diversity of perspectives, diversity of experiences, diversity of backgrounds, you know, are they, are they truly tapping into that and being proactive about it? So how do, we, how do we create those deeper connections? How do we create those deeper opportunities? How did you identify that as a need and that, that the diversity of talent was not getting the exposure to the recruiters the way that you've enabled it with the Future Now conference? So when I started my job at ABC News, I didn't have mentors. I didn't have somebody who took me under their arm. The only other two Asians, one was uh, Juju Chang, who's now, you know, on air. She's been wildly successful. And then there was another one of my peers who's a a few years older, but she was also a guest assistant. But that was it. You know, I didn't have people taking me under their wing. And that that was one um, one thing that I learned in, you know, in the work that I've been doing in the last six years where I've spent more time with college age students where I'm like, wow, they're experiencing the same kinds of uh, challenges that I did when I started out. And now I've been in my career for, you know, almost 30 years. And how is it that in that time, the young people who are trying to get into the business are still having the same kinds of challenges of breaking in. I was a New Yorker. I came from a, a, a very, you know, um, prestigious college, um, somehow made my way in. I mean, it wasn't easy. It was very, you know, I had to do a lot of work 
to to break in it also coming up through my through my career over that span of time you know i i was a producer and came up through my career as a producer writer and then um got onto the programming side of the business when i joined um, history channel i i became a director of programming and an executive producer here i am in this position and i am i had no idea when i took the job what <laughs> what a director of programming did i was like what is that <laughs> and i was already 10 years into my career mm-hmm. so that was problem number two like when you're just doing one thing you don't understand the greater ecosystem uh, right works and all of these other opportunities now i i kind of just gravitated to broadcast news that's what i wanted to that's where i wanted to be when i first started and i thought i wanted to be the next connie chung on your um talent and then once i got in there i was like oh heck no this is too focused on appearance and mm. can't handle that kind of pressure it's just too much and i want to talk about the stuff that matters and so yes. that's my kind of maybe in fear went into the producing background mode and insecurity of my own appearance i was like ah i can't i can't do this so i became a producer and that's how i did my career but then i didn't know about any of this other stuff i didn't mm. know about the other kinds of opportunities or what the ecosystem looked like so the programming department at the networks is the center of the wheel for all of the other departments to exist the programming department determines the diversity that you see on the screen how do we educate young people students to understand better and to gain an understanding of what the ecosystem is because you know when you're in school you don't know about the breadth of opportunities you kind of you're taking your classes but then you're not getting the reality check of the opportunities that are out there you're not exposed to all of those things and giving exposure to the breadth of opportunities in the business mm-hmm. that even those who are more interested in the content creation side to understand better what the business side of it is mm-hmm. So, because that's also a critical disconnect that's that's happened like how do you conceive ideas and then sell those ideas to a viable mass marketplace i want to expose future leaders so that they are better equipped better prepared when they start their careers when we come back we'll hear peggy's thoughts about what we mean when we talk about diversity If you had more time in your day, what would you do with it? Listening to podcasts might not be the first thing you think of. Maybe that's because you're thinking podcasts take too much time to listen to. But what if there were podcasts designed with your time in mind? Podcasts that spoke to you. Podcasts that you could listen to in short segments. We've put together podcasts exactly like that. The Quad Pod Network is coming soon. Check out qodpod.com for more details. At Bridge Between, we believe that generosity is the future of leadership. That's why we coach corporate leaders on how to lead by generous example, creating workplaces where employees feel valued and invested, where wins are celebrated, and where teams feel engaged and connected. The secret ingredient is generosity. Generosity of time and attention and enthusiasm, starting from the simplest act, such as walking the halls and greeting your team. This creates an environment of trust with employees who are excited to collaborate on your next project. 
This will keep the trains on time while you meet every KPI and inspire a company that people love working for. The new CEO doesn't have to choose between innovation and company culture. They encompass both. Are you ready to be remarkable? Visit bridgebetween.com and get started today. And we're back with Peggy Kim. When we say diversity, people are automatically default to race and ethnicity and color. And that is absolutely part of the diversity um, that we need to focus on. But at the same time, it's not simply about color and it's not simply about ethnicity and race. You know, those things then inform what I think are the more important things to think about when we're talking about diversity, which is the diversity of perspective, the diversity of experience, the socioeconomic diversity matters, the geographic diversity matters, Um, you know, where you grew up, there's, you know, you're going to think a little differently from somebody else who grew up in a completely different environment, whether then there's urban, suburban and rural. And then there's the diversity of generations in the workplace. So you, you're talking about boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and now Gen Z. Mm-hmm. You have a multi-generational uh, workforce. How do we bring everybody together? How do we communicate effectively with one another, um, manage and, and lead uh, effectively for the future? And I don't think people are looking at it that way. And I'm obviously a person of color. But I don't want to just be looked at as a person of color. Right. Yeah. When you when we say belonging, you know, how do we bring the diversity of all of these experiences? How can we seek those in others so we can really paint the brighter, more colorful image for people to enjoy and learn from? Right. I think that's one of the responsibilities of a programming department and and really any leader to think about how you're influencing the people that you're affecting, right? So in these, in this case, it's your audience and your in the internal, your colleagues and employees. And I would tie that back to generosity. Mm. So when we think about diversity, for some reason, people think diversity, if you're white, you think, oh, diversity has nothing to do with me. That's not the conversation that I'm a part of. That's, that's all the people of color. I, that's not productive. And that's not, I think that's actually wrong thinking. Yes. And, and so how do we bring everybody together? And then the, the generosity of, you know, how we work, how we speak, how we listen, how we include and how we bridge gaps. That's where we need to be going into the, into the future. I really believe that everything that can be shaken is being shaken right now. And I think that's actually a good thing mm-hmm. that we settle in a different place because this yes. is, this should cause us to have a completely different reset. When things finally settle down, we should be settling down in a better place. And that has to come with generosity. For sure. So you've also uh, shared about hiring and talking about this program that you've created, the Future Now Media and Entertainment Conference, and how that enables these students and young professionals to meet some of the people who would coach them, mentor them, give them some guidance on how to get into this industry and give them some hiring tips, like 
like attitude, like hiring for attitude, for example. Yeah. So there's a book called Hiring for Attitude that was written by Mark Murphy, who I had the pleasure of meeting some years ago. And he is a leadership and executive coach. He's a best-selling author. And um, I totally could not agree more because you, somebody who has a, a good attitude and who um, listens well is humble isn't, you know, isn't just an arrogant, you know, loud talker, but has, you know, has a great attitude. That's what you want because you can get, you know, people who are skilled at things. But if you have somebody who's not only got the skills, but then has the attitude, that's your secret sauce. You have to have an attitude of humility to be constantly innovating. Mm. You think outside the box. So true. So what would you say about service and paying it forward? I mean, you're a person who is a major contributor in your community and your life and all of your relationships. Well, how can you speak to the value that has and where you would see the benefit to the giver? Oh man. I, when you pour out and you're generous with others, it always comes back to you many times and you don't do these things for the for what you think you're going to get back, but you will get back. It's just mm. the nature of things. When you put out good, good comes back. Um, and so like for Future Now Media Foundation, we, we, we started with the conference. So the conference has going, been going on for the last four years. We're going into our fifth year anniversary next year, which will be a real milestone. So the conference is an entry point for, for many because that's our primary uh, effort. But we have now built a mentoring program. So that mentoring program is now in its second year. And they go through a nine-month mentoring relationship. And again, you know, you talk about generosity. The generosity in in, in everything, everything that, that we are doing right now. So I didn't just whip out that mentoring program out of thin air. I was on the board of Women in Cable Telecommunications uh, New York chapter for, for many years. And while I was serving on that board, I also served on the prime access mentoring committee. And that was, uh, that's a more executive mentoring program that was started by a friend of mine, but I learned from, you know, being a part of that committee. And now we're taking that program and it kind of adapting it for future now and for our target demo. Members of that organization are also involved with Future Now as mentors, as speakers. Mm. Uh, the, the chapter has also come in as a sponsor of the conference. I couldn't do what I'm doing right now without having had that experience with that organization because I learned so much about how they do programming, how to do live events, how to build relationships. Sure. Um, all of that professional uh, training happening. And then we've got the Future Now Media podcast. Talk about the spirit of generosity. That idea came from our Future Now alums. So I had two Future Now alums that came through the conference in 2018, uh, Sean McDuffie and Jason Rugg. They they drove all the way from Chicago to New York to attend our conference. And um, they followed up after the conference. Um, and, you know, they were like, you know, we think that Future Now should have a media podcast and we can help. We'd like to you know, help make it happen and, and pro- 
put it together. And I was like, great. So now we have a Future Now Media podcast because they felt the generosity of Future Now. And so they want to give back. And when they first pitched that to me, I was like, you know, that's a lot of work. And, uh, you know, we're very, very small. I'm not even, I, it's not like I can pay you. And they said to me, I, and it brought me to tears because they were like, you know, we've already gotten so much from Future Now that we just want to do this. We don't expect anything. You've already given to us. We want to give back. And right. so we've grown tremendously in the last four years. Now I have a campus ambassador program. Again, I have a committee of these three young ladies who came through the conference this year. Last year, we did a pilot program of the campus ambassador program with two future now alums that came out of Temple University. So now we're going to have campus ambassadors on different campuses to help get the word out about the conference and also share about the resources and the opportunities and the event, other events that we do throughout the year, which also include the Future Now Leadership Networking Talks and Networking Series, the podcast, yeah. you know, et, et cetera. Back to intent, you were saying that earlier, like people can recognize when you're doing something just for an outcome you're looking for, just for a payback or a favor. And you're saying when you're on a mission and your intent is to serve and to pour in, as you say, to other people, that that has a ripple effect and other people get attracted to that and they want to participate, which allows you to be exponential in how you have influence. And so, you know, you go from a conference to a mentoring program to a podcast and now this campus ambassador program, (laughs) because you had an idea, you recognized an opportunity or a need a need that you had experienced, you created a solution for it. And that since then people have contributed to that whole team of people who are making this possible. Something that you have demonstrated consistently, Peggy, is the importance of pursuing truth, integrity, focusing on the common good, bringing people together and living out what you believe in every sphere of your life. So what would you say is the return on the investment of all this time that you're talking about? You know, we're investing time in learning and listening and expanding your understanding of things and thinking about how you can close the gaps that you see. But what would you say are returns on that generosity? Oh, I I feel like I have more friends than I ever had before you know, genuine relationships. So to have real friends, real partners, real, you know, conversations, not just a surface interaction or transaction. Mm-hmm. And then to to be able to connect with and to have real relationships again with these college students and to see them come up and you know, when they're successful, I'm, I get so excited when they three campus ambassador, uh, co-directors, um, they did such a phenomenal job in this training session. They came up with all of the PowerPoints, just the, the, the quality of their commitment and the quality of their work and excellence, um, and their attitude. I'm like, wow, wow. you know, that gives me tremendous hope for the future. Yes. Yeah, so that's a, that's a perfect name for what you've created, the future now. Uh, well, thank you, Peggy, for sharing your wisdom and your story with us. 
Thank you for having me and thank you for all the work that you're doing to promote generosity in the world. All right, let's keep looking forward to the future now. Peggy shared many examples, all of which we can implement in our own respective workplaces. She offered five ways to think and five things to do. Ways to think. Generosity is a mindset and a heart set. Number two, belonging. Being generous to someone else feeds that person and they feel cared for and belong. Number three, give without an agenda. Number four, innovation is not just technological advancements. It's finding a gap and closing it. Number five, think about diversity in the broader context. Things we can do. Number one, acknowledge others in a meeting to the wider group. Enable encouraging morale. Number two, share time, perspective, listening skills, resources like financial, time, and energy. Number three, feedback, positive and constructive. She's offered kind and effective communication, not just giving people the good stuff, the positive feedback, but also the honest feedback to edify people. Number four, build the pipeline of future talent, hire for attitude. And number five, Given enterprise-wide lens on the business, see from other angles to bring people together. The big return she shared on generosity is relationships. The greatest benefit of all time is to have true connection and genuine relationships. Thank you, Peggy. Join us next week when we hear from Michael Smith, the unique and effective model of the Giving Factory. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.